0: This is the On The Banks Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Lance Glenn. Hello, hello, hello. I am, of course, your host, Lance Glenn, And this is episode three of the On The Banks Podcast. Now, if you don't already, you can follow me on Twitter at Lance underscore G11, where you can hear all about what our next guest or who our next guest will be and what our next podcast episodes will be about. And you can follow on the banks on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. We're going to be joined by the new head coach of Rutgers softball, Kristen Butler, soon. But first, I want to go over what has been a pretty busy couple of weeks for Rutgers Athletics since our last episode aired. Now, about one week ago, Chris Ash had his biggest recruiting day of the 2019 cycle as three players committed to the Scarlet Knights safety Zukudu Iguanagu out of Massachusetts tight end Dylan Devaney out of the Hun school and offensive lineman CJ Hansen out of St. John Vianney all made their pledges to Rutgers now later the next day about you know give or take 12 to 15 hours after to put the icing on the cake Tight end Tyler DeVera, brother of Rutgers linebacker Brendan DeVera, committed to the Scarlet Knights out of Bergen Catholic. So that's four commitments in the span of about two days, three of which were in-state guys coming from private schools. This was exactly what Chris Ash needed to get fans amped about the 2019 class, and it was exactly what he needed to continue to build those in-state ties. Now, of course, there were already big-time in-state and out-of-state recruits committed, like, you know, Zamar Wise, Donovan Bunch, Jaron Hayek, Donald Williams, Chris Conti, and Cole Snyder. But to get such a haul in the span of really you know 28 to 30 hours shows that big things are to come for this class you know adding to that the hunt school is not a place Rutgers has historically recruited that well and obviously everyone knows about the struggles the scarlet knights have had recruiting bergen catholic the last couple of years so to get two weapons from the hun and from bergen catholic It helps build those pipelines, and look, Dylan Devaney and and Tyler Devera, they're both players who can contribute right away. You know, we saw, in terms of Devera, we saw Brendan Devera's physicality, and it looks like Tyler Devera is fitting right in his footsteps, and, you know, give credit to Davon Robinson, a commit from the 2018 class, Dylan Devaney actually played at Shawnee, played basketball at Shawnee before playing football at the Hun School, was close with Davon Robinson, and Davon Robinson, you know, was very amped up on Twitter after Dylan Devaney made his commitment to the Scarlet Knights. And then adding to that, C.J. Hansen, of course, of St. John Vianney, helped continue that pipeline of St. John Vianney to Rutgers in terms of offensive linemen. Obviously, a couple of years ago, Micah Clark, And Jamal Beattie came from St. John Vianney to Piscataway. So, Rutgers continuing to build that pipeline. And look, you couldn't have asked for a better day and a half for the Scarlet Knights. Again, C.J. Hansen, Zukodu Iguanagu, Dylan Devaney, and Tyler DeVera committing to Rutgers. Adds to the 2019 class, which already had playmakers from in-state and out-of-state. It was a great day for Rutgers football, and it was a great day on the recruiting trail for Chris Ash. Now, to continue harping about recruiting, but switching to men's basketball, an interesting development in the recruitment of one of Rutgers' top targets in Andre Hyatt. Now, according to Adam Zagoria of SNY and ZagsBlog.com, he reported that the four-star and the highly sought-after wing will be taking an official visit to Rutgers beginning on Thursday, June 28th and going till Saturday, June 30th. Now, this was something that just kind of blew me away. Now, you know, look, obviously Steve Peichel and his staff have been going at Andre Ayat for a long time. They've been recruiting him hard. They've been in touch with Boo Williams, AAU, and Boo Williams himself, the uh, the coach of that team and, and the person who runs that organization. Uh, but it seemed over the last couple of weeks and months that, you know, this recruitment was slowly starting to slip away from the Scarlet Knights. And while, look, you know, you know, there's no guarantee that he's, Gonna come even though he's taking an official visit. The fact that Steve Peichel has these now three days to talk to Andre Hyatt and convince him to come to Rutgers and convince him that Rutgers is the right place for him, it just keeps the Scarlet Knights in the running. And Andre Hyatt, whether he reclassifies to 2018 or stays in the 2019 class, it would be a huge pickup for the Scarlet Knights. Obviously, a four star guy, as I mentioned before, but to go along with someone like Paul Mulcahy, who they got. Uh, earlier in the recruiting process, who committed to Rutgers over, again, a host of schools, an in-state guy, would just be, you know, really the icing on the cake for Rutgers basketball this offseason. And you look at High, you know, offers from Louisville, South Carolina, Oregon, St. John's, many others. To add him to either class, you know, it would just be another extraordinary recruiting effort by Steve Pikel and the staff it would show that they have the program going in the right direction and that success for this team is not too far off as we saw in you know many games uh, these past two seasons under Coach Peichel. But look, again, as I said before, I thought this recruitment was slipping away from the Scarlet Knights. I thought you know eventually they were going to have to move on from a guy like Andre Hyatt. But give Steve Peichel credit. He stood firm in there. And look, he got an official visit from Hyatt. Hyatt will be here soon. He'll be here over the next couple of days, and he'll be here for a few days. And this will give Steve Peichel an opportunity to make his pitch And whether, you know, it's 2018, 2019, hopefully he comes. The fact that he's coming for an official visit just gets you so excited about the possibility of him potentially committing to Rutgers. Now, one last thing before we hear from the head coach of Rutgers softball, Kristen Butler. You know, in lacrosse news, the staff reportedly added Detroit Mercy's Brennan Camish as a transfer. Camish scored 19 goals this past season as a freshman, earning all MAAC second team honors. After losing Jules Henningberg and Christian Mazone this past season, the addition of Kamish will be a big boost come next year for the Scarlet Knights, assuming, of course, that he is eligible to play a lot what Jeff George did about you know four or five years ago for the Scarlet Knights. So if he's eligible to play after losing Henningberg and after losing Christian Mazone after this past season, Kamish would be a huge addition as a goal scorer for Rutgers lacrosse going forward. Now, let's talk to the coaches. Here's your host, Lance Galen. Pleased to be joined on episode three of the On the Banks podcast with the new head coach of Rutgers softball, Kristen Butler. Coach, I know I'm not the first to congratulate you, but welcome to Rutgers, and I'm excited to see what you do with the softball program. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, and very excited to, to be a Scarlet Knight.
0: So, Coach, you know, before we talk about the team and, you know, next season, I first want to look back kind of at your history, um, both as a player and as a coach. Now, you know, I want to talk about how you got here. You know, you played catcher at Florida in the mid-2000s. You won SEC Player of the Year in 2006. Just talk about your experience, you know, behind the plate playing catcher and the success you've uh, had at Florida. You know, how has that all helped you succeed, you know, at Toledo and now get this Scarlet Knight job?
1: Oh, goodness. Well, you know, I think, uh, I think a lot of things. I think, you know, big thing about Florida softball, and I'm sure, you know, everybody can, can kind of see that right now, you know, you, it takes a lot of hard work. And I think, um, you know, between, you know, I had two different coaches um, at Florida. Um, obviously, the current head coach, uh, Coach Walton, and, and former coach, Coach Johns. And, um, you know, they, they pushed me to be the best I could be. And obviously, good results came. And uh, you know, I've just taken that work ethic and that drive, um, and the will—you know—the will to win and the passion, you know, for the game. Um, you know, that's what's taken along with me in my career. And um, I think along the way, you know, through different assistant jobs, through different uh, playing experiences, um, you know, you pull moments and you pull—you know—you pick and choose things that, um, you know, you want to say that's what I want to do when I as a coach, or you know, that's what I don't want to do as a coach. And so. Uh, You know, I just think through all those experiences, that's helped me kind of develop who I am as a coach. And and bottom line is, you know, I'm going to I'm going to be a hard worker and, uh, you know, we work hard on the road. And and obviously, you know, with the recruiting, we're going to grind it and we're going to, you know, do some good things. And so I think that's what's kind of helped me, um, you know, to be to be uh, here with you guys.
0: And, you know, you you mentioned uh, Coach Walton at Florida and. Not only did you play for him, but you were also on his staff for one year. You know, with all the success, obviously, he's had at Florida, a couple national titles. What are some of the things you learned from him? I know you mentioned it kind of in the last question, but what are some of the things you learned from him or saw him do that you use to lead your teams?
1: Well, you know, I think the big thing is, you know, he's a student of the game. And I think, and that even continues today. You know, the game changes. Um, kids, you know, you're working with different, different athletes different young ladies um, and you've got to continue to study the game work the game and that's one thing that you know coach Walton really um, I think taught us uh, you know when I was a coach uh, with the player I mean I think that's one thing is you got to continue to be a student of the game the game is constantly changing the players are constantly changing and you've got to change with it um, if you're going to if you're going to be successful and so um, that's kind of one thing that, that obviously he has done so well, um, you know, at Florida. And if you look at his teams, just even over the last decade, um, where his teams, what they looked like 10 years ago to five years ago to now um, are different teams. And obviously he's been successful with, with all of them. So that's, you know, that's one thing that he really, I think, has taught me as a coach um, and, and kind of, um, you know, showed those examples of that uh, when I played for him.
0: Now you mentioned earlier that you had a couple stops as an assistant, and then you got your first head coaching job at Toledo, and you I, I think you really turned that program around. Now, when you come into a rebuilding or a you know retooling situation, I guess you could say, how do you go about kind of instilling your culture and your beliefs into the players, and how do you go about you know preaching to them exactly what you want this program to become?
1: Well, I think, uh, you know, first and foremost, you know, I think you got to be um, a servant leader, you know, and, uh, you know, we talk about that um, in my programs. And, um, you know, for me, I've got to show the girls um, what it takes through, through, you know, I need to be a hard worker um, and show them that I'm working hard for them, um, that I'm trying to serve them and do them do justice as a coach. Um, and, and show them I'm, I'm giving everything I have to succeed. Um, now you need to also, you need to match me, you know, match my intensity, match my passion for the game, match my hard work, because I'm going to work for you. And, and ultimately, you know, it's the student athletes that, that drive it, you know. And, and if they're not excited, if they're not um, passionate, if they're not willing to do those things that it takes, um, you know, obviously you don't see success. And so I think, um, you know, the biggest thing being a coach is you've got to be the example for them as well to show them what it takes and and show them how much work I'm willing to put in to make them successful. And, you know, and I think coming into, like you said, a kind of a a rebuilding situation, um, you know, from, from everything that I've seen and and heard and, you know, I've watched film. I mean, this is a talented group of young ladies. It really is. And so, Um, you know, I'm excited in terms of the talent that we have on our team. Uh, and, you know, but it's just more now we gotta, I gotta, uh, get them to be just as passionate about the game of softball as I am and work at it just as hard as I do. And so, um, you know, I think those are kind of the the things that we're going to do and,
0: you know, you gotta get them
1: to buy in you gotta get them to buy into the process, you know, sports life, a job you know everything's a process and you got to work one thing at a time you got to work one day at a time and um and we got to realize big results is aren't going to happen um unless it's uh you put in time over time over time um that's how things grow you know it doesn't just grow because you do it one time it's time building upon time and so um those are the things that that we really got to um incorporate here um I think at Rutgers and and Again, because the town is there, so now we just got to, what, what are going to be those things that are going to be impactful to them for them to, you know, match the coaching staff's energy, match the coaching staff's passion for the game. And, and I think the big thing, again, is, is to show them um, who we are as, as coaches and who we are as, as softball junkies, so to speak, and, and get them to match us.
0: Now, you know, also at Toledo, one of the things that really um, wowed me was the success that you had – Um, academically with all your players, you know, so many academic all-max selections. How does that success in in the classroom benefit a player on the field? And I guess how do you, like you try to preach a new culture, how do you preach to new players or or current players? How do you preach to them, you know, that the classroom, you know, that the term student-athlete, you know, that student comes first. How do you really, you know, imprint that in their mind uh, to really focus on their schooling?
1: Well, you know, I think I think you know it's it's I think it's, a lot of people think it's one or the other. You know, you're either a student or you're either an athlete. And we talk about that. No, it's a whole package. You know, and one always leaks over to the other. Doesn't matter. And you know, we also add in you know social life. You know, we kind of say that that's our kind of our three tiered um, description of what a student athlete is. They're a student they have to be you know so they have to do the right things in the classroom they got to do the right things socially and they got to do the right things um on the field and and it never fails that usually success in one leaks over to success in the other leaks over to success in the other and then obviously vice versa um if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing in one area it it typically leaks to the others and so um you know we really try to encompass you know, all three parts to being a student athlete um, when it comes to really just talking about what it means to be successful. You know, we're going to talk about being excellent, you know, and and to be excellent on the field, but be excellent in the classroom, be excellent socially. Um, And so, you know, what does it take to do that? What does that look like? But that's kind of how we address, um, you know, how I've always addressed my players is, um, you know, it's not one or the other. You don't get a You don't get a free pass just because you're good at one you know or you don't get a free pass just because you maybe you're good at two of the three um you know it's all together and so we just talk about being excellent um in all areas and and obviously you know it's uh you know you you work on time management you work on your organizational skills you know because again if you're organized um and you have great time management skills you're going to find the extra time to study you're going to find the extra time to get into the batting cages and, and get in some extra reps swinging. Um, and so, like I said, it all, you know, if you're, if you're excellent in one area, it usually helps you be excellent in others.
0: Now, you know, you look at Toledo, your, your final year there, I think all three of those things that you mentioned, you know, socially, academically and athletically really all came together, you know, a 33 and 20 season, a share of the Mac West record, the season title, you were Mac coach of the year you know, what did your team do last season that made them such a special group and I guess just how proud of, of you, uh, how proud of them were you after, you know, what was a very successful season for your program?
1: Well, I mean, I you know, it's it's very hard to put into words because, you know, especially, you know, you talk about kind of the juniors and seniors um, that were with me kind of in those first two years, really grinding it out, you know, really trying to change the culture, really trying to do things and then to see the success that we were able to have, um, you know, in the wind calm the last couple years, and um, you know, last year, you know, it, it just it was you know the fruits of, of those upperclassmen's labor really started to show. And then on the on the other hand, too, then we had these, this great group of young freshmen and sophomores that um, the talent with those kids was huge. So it was kind of it was a great blend, um, you know, of kind of you know, a couple of those kids being my recruits kind of coming in, but then also those upperclassmen uh, really buying in, you know, to me as as their new coach, really buying in and grinding it out, and it was just a great blend, because obviously you could see the leadership um, skills of our upperclassmen really pulled out the talent of our younger kids, and um, I'm just so proud of them, and And uh, we actually won 35 games last year. I don't want to take away our
0: No, excuse me. I I apologize for that.
1: No, that's okay. Uh, No, we actually, it was the first time uh, Toledo got a bid uh, to the postseason um, last year. And and we got a bid to the NISC uh, postseason and uh, got two wins there. Um, And so uh, definitely do not want to take away our two wins in the postseason for for the Toledo Rockets and the but no, very very excited. You know, our the senior class that graduated last year was the first senior class to have over a hundred wins um, in about twenty five years. It was, uh, it was the first time that four years in a row you had over twenty wins. I mean, in like thirty years, you know, just just you know, the the group of young ladies that are there. Just uh, did some great things, record setting uh, performances. Obviously, one of our freshmen broke the single season home run record that had been there for about. 29 years um, and she's going to go on at, to, to break the career um, home run record uh, probably even this year. Um, so, you know, it's, it's such a, gr- a great talented group of young ladies that I'm very excited to see um, obviously what they do um, here this year and obviously in years to come, because they're such a great foundation. Now um, it, the, you know, the expectation has been set for them. And so I'm very proud of them. And, and I know that they, um, expect more out of themselves
0: now and you know look that you, you you and those players you know really turned that program around and it ultimately led to you you know deciding getting offered and then deciding to accept uh the head coaching job here at Rutgers now what made when when you got the call and the offer was presented you know what made Rutgers such a great opportunity for you um to become you know the next softball uh head coach here
1: Well, I think first and foremost, you know, the first thing, you know, when anybody ever hears Rutgers University, um, I automatically, uh, think of a a very high academic achieving school. Um, and I think, and that can't be taken away. I mean, right away, you know, when I hear Rutgers, I'm like, Ooh, those kids, those kids are smart. (laughs) Uh, Those kids, uh, those kids are, I might be coaching kids that are smarter than I am, you know? Um, but so, so that in itself is a huge draw because, I mean, there are some, you know, most young ladies that you deal with, um, if they're successful, um, you know, in high school, successful ball players in high school, they're going to be very successful in college, and they're looking to have a great education. And so that in itself is a huge draw. And then, of course, you know, the, uh, the opportunity to, to be in the Big Ten, I mean, you know, you can't. I mean, the Big Ten is first class, you know, and you can't, uh, you can't beat that. And and then, you know, to so take you obviously you're you have an opportunity to be in the conference. You have an opportunity to be at a great academic school. And now, you look at the athletic program, and um, you know, what really sold me was uh, was uh, you know Patrick Hobbs. I mean, he's uh, you know we sat down, had lunch, and kind of met, and um, you know he sold me, and, and it was kind of fun because I got to ask him with some questions. And, um, and made him kind of, I put him kind of on the hot seat, um, and so it was, uh, you know, his excitement for the university, uh, what he has done uh, for the university since his time here, um, it, it just speaks for itself, and um, the excitement around the athletic department, you know, I got a chance to sit down with, the, with um, several of the other head coaches um, uh, for other sports, and just the sheer excitement and the love and the passion that they have for the school, um, you know, you don't find that everywhere. Um, and, you know, it's very hard to fake passion and excitement. And, um, you know, I could really tell that just the, the athletic department in general was just, is, is very excited for the future of Rutgers athletics. And, you know, with the new buildings popping up and, and new facilities and then obviously just gaining ground in the big 10, um, there's so many things to come, and I'm just, you know, I'm excited to be able to be a part of the Rutgers Athletic Department growing, building, um, and, and then again, and then now looking to softball, uh, you know, that's a, it's a team, you know, I, I, you know just like, uh, you know, the administration does their research of who they're going to hire, you know, I did my research too, and, you know, I've heard the team is very talented. And so I knew, and it's a good group of girls. And so I knew coming in, it wasn't going to be, um, you know. And I don't believe it's going to be a, a clean-up project in terms of cleaning out uh, different baggage. It's just going to be, you know, hey, we got to get in here and work a little bit harder. We got to get in here and grind it out. We got to get a little excitement. Got to get a little passion about the game, and um, you know, that stuff is fun. That's that's fun. And uh, so just kind of understanding all of that and, and, again, just meeting with the administration and just talking with everybody there on campus, um, you know, I knew it was a right fit from the get-go.
0: And, you know, it's funny. I'll talk to to so many Rutgers coaches, be it ones who um, just got hired or ones who have been here for so long through so many different athletic directors, and they always mention Pat Hobbs, and they always mention, you know, how much of a pleasure it is to work under pat hobbs and you just did the same and to work under a guy who you know has put in place already uh so many new facilities and obviously with facilities being so important um just how much fun is it and and in facilities you know you got a place like the fred hill training complex uh to be able to practice there on a year-round basis just how important is that when you know you are competing and you are trying to gain ground in what is such a good softball conference in the big 10
1: Oh, it's very important. You know, I mean, I think, you know, first and foremost, you know, when you talk about female athletes, you know, I heard this from, from a great coach, uh, coach Mike Candrea at Arizona. And he says, uh, you know, there's two, there's two, there's a difference between girls and guys, you know, that, uh, guys, uh, have to, uh, if they play good, they feel good. You know, with girls you have to feel good to play good. And, uh, you know, through my experience, that's such a true statement. And so, You know, especially for female athletics, um, having the resources, having um, the ability to go work out and then hit up a protein shake and hit up a snack station, the ability to go in and be able to hit anytime you want in a brand-new facility, I mean, that that makes the kids feel good. That makes them have pride um, in the school that they're playing for. Um, And so having those facilities, having um, the resources – um, that matches you know uh, any big Ten school um, is very important because it's very important for the student student athletes experience. It's very important to the way they feel. It's very important to, you know, how much passion and pride they're gonna have for their school. Um, so So those things are very important and, and the fact that you know, Pat Hobbs knows how important those things are um, was a huge selling point for me. And uh, And I know that those are those are benefits that, um, are going to be a huge asset in the future uh, for our
0: athletes. And and you know, one thing I found so interesting, and and I think you relate so well to these uh, players here at Ruggers now, is because like them now, you at Florida went through a coaching change and just how is that experience that you had, you know, how is that going to help you or, or how has that already helped you, you know, connect with these, uh, these new players you'll be coaching, you know, considering you went through exactly what they're going through now.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, and, and uh, it was something I went through, you know, just few years ago at Toledo, you know um, it's, you know, it's definitely something I draw from. Absolutely. You know, I, you know, I've been able to experience, you know, how a coach comes in and, um, just basically lays their foot down said so this is the way things are going to be, you know. And I've experienced uh, uh, coaches that have been a little bit more laid back. And, and like I said before, you know, you pick and you choose and you pull things from different coaches of, you know, hey, I think this worked, I think this worked, I think this worked, um, and, and kind of create the atmosphere that, that I'm want that i going to want to create. But, but absolutely, you know, it, it's, it's a tough situation for some. It's easier for others. You know, every, every athlete is going to be different in how they respond. Um, you know, and the biggest thing, you know, the message that's going to be is, hey, you know, some of you might are going to like me. Some of you are not going to like me. Some of you probably could care less, you know, but at the end of the day, we all got to buy in, you know, we got to buy into, to the product. We all got to buy into what our goals are. We all got to buy into what we're doing, whether, you know, you, 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 100% like me or not, you know, but I think, you know, if, if you all have a common goal, you all have one, um, you know, you're all in you know, everybody's all in. Everybody realizes, hey, this is what we got to do to get it done. Um, it usually makes that transition a little bit smoother, um, especially for the ones that maybe struggle with it a little bit.
0: Now, now, Coach, a couple more before I let you go. And I was reading the, uh, the release, the press release that announced your hiring when it happened. And towards the bottom, I found something that was quite interesting, really. And it said that your husband, Marcus, will join your staff as a volunteer assistant coach. So, just, I guess, what is it like coaching with your husband, you know, having him work under you, and, and how much fun is it working with him, you know, on your staff? Just just what's kind of like that dynamic?
1: Sure. Well, you know, it's it's exciting. Uh, you know, we're really looking forward to it. I think, And I think more importantly, uh, you know, my husband has a great dynamic with, uh, you know, with uh, the rest of our staff. And I think, um, you know, that's even more important than necessarily him working with me because, we know how to push each other's buttons and how not to, uh, you know, but I think it's more um, that he's able to, to work well amongst the staff. You know, we're very excited. My husband has um, a huge uh, softball background. He played men's fast himself, but he's also been a division one coach. Um, he's been a head coach at a D2 school, junior college. Um, uh, he's been an assistant coach at the professional level with the Akron Racers. He was at Cal Berkeley. Um, as, a, as an assistant. So, so he himself has a, has a very big pedigree of softball. So we're excited to have him. Um, I know he's going to, he's going to do a great job and uh, you know, you know, in our family uh, softball never stops, you know? So, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and probably tell you what stays on the field, stays on the field. Cause it's probably not going to happen. Softball never stops in our family. <laughs> you know, what happens at practice is going to come home and it's going to be discussed and it's going to be, fixed and talked about and you know you go back at it and attack it again the next day so softball never softball never stops and and that's okay because we're a softball family we love it and uh like I said we're I'm a softball junkie uh, I knew from I knew from when I was little and started playing that softball's all I ever wanted to do and so you know I knew after I got done playing well then I'm going to be coaching so uh it never stops uh so we're excited Um, It's going to be a fun, a fun adventure. And, uh, you know, we're 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 ready to get started.
0: And coach, last one before I let you go, you know, you inherit a program that in terms of wins and losses has struggled, obviously, in recent years. So I guess to the to the Rutgers softball fan listening, what is your message to them, you know, going forward as to why they should be optimistic next season and, you know, why they should be optimistic, you know, for the years to come?
1: Well, I think more than anything, you know, we're going to be fun to watch. I think, uh, you know, in terms of softball, softball is fun when it's moved at a fast pace, uh, you know, when you're stealing bases, when you're when you're just running the bases well, when you're, uh, you know, putting the ball in play and and uh, making great defensive plays, you know. And I think right away those are things that we're going to be addressing with the team is, you know, we're going to be hustling everything out. I don't care if you're going to ball about the pitcher, you're sprinting your tail through, through first base because, hey, In softball, the game moves so fast, Um, one bobble, one error uh, can make a big difference. And so I think in terms of, you know, what maybe it's going to look like in the future uh, or this year, what's going to be – we're going to be fun to watch. The girls are going to be excited. We're going to be passionate. And, and, you know, you could win, you could lose. But, you know, if you're passionate, you're working hard, you're showing energy, um, it makes the game of softball so much fun to watch, and and so that's something I could say to the fans and to the community is come out and watch us because
0: we're going to be fun to watch. Coach, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm sure the uh, I'm sure our listeners uh, are looking forward to watching you as you you know build up and you know gain ground in this Big Ten Conference for Rutgers softball. So thank you very much, Coach Butler, for coming on the On the Banks podcast, and I look forward to to seeing your softball team come next season. Well, thanks so much, and uh, go Knights. Now, it's time for Lance's final take. My take is this. I think Coach Butler was the perfect choice to lead Rutgers softball going forward as she tries, as as she said, to gain ground in the Big Ten. You know, when I mentioned to her the 27 all-max selection she had during her tenure as head coach at Toledo, she talked about how she preached to her players they need to be... They need to work hard athletically, they need to work hard academically, and they need to work hard socially. And I think those three things, when they're hitting on all three, it forms a great player. And that's exactly what she got out of the players at Toledo. They worked hard athletically, academically, and socially. And, you know, athletically, obviously, you know, putting in the time during practice— Putting in the time in the film room, you know, really studying your opponent and making sure that you have all the fundamentals down pat and really hustling, really trying your hardest, whether, as she said, you know, it's a ground ball to the pitcher. Softball is such a fast game that all it takes is one bobble. As long as you're running your hardest, you know, on that ground ball to the pitcher, all it takes is one mistake from the other team, and boom, you're on first. Academically, as I said it before, the 27 all-max selections that she had, those speak for themselves, and... I know that she, she mentioned the academic quality of Rutgers, and I know she's going to bring that to this softball team going forward. And then, look, socially, acting the right way when you go out with friends, conducting yourself in a respectful manner, presenting yourself in the right fashion, when you combine that with great academics – and a high motor athletically putting in the work putting in the fundamentals putting in the practice it makes for a great player it makes for a great team and i think coach butler with those three fundamentals coming over to ruckers is going to help lead this Rutgers softball team uh, to great success she's going to help them dig themselves out of the bottom of the big ten she's going to gain ground in that big ten and as she said In the last question, she's going to make Rutgers softball fun to watch. And I know I and I'm sure many of our listeners are looking forward to seeing what she can do here on the banks. Follow SB Nation on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. And you can find out when our next podcast is debuting.